0: Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher. And me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life.
1: We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. In this episode we discuss why do we hold grudges?
0: I used to be an expert at this. Oh yeah, I used to do a lot of grudge holding when I was younger.
1: We've all got certain things that we feel justified <laughs> holding grudges about. I think there isn't a human being probably on the planet that hasn't had some uh, reason to feel a grudge against someone for wronging them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. you know that um that I that belief I had that 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 forgiving would mean both forgetting. And then that would be naive of me, right? That 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 I've I've let them off the hook, um, and 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 that and that sense of kind of fairness in the injustice of it that that I've had to do the work, I've had to let go, and they've got away scot free or something, um, yeah, which is quite. I mean, which in itself, I think, is a is it, looking back on it is 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 massively self destructive.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not helpful, is it? But we can see why it happens because that sense of let's say it was someone you trusted or you liked you were friends with those ones really they shake the system don't they because there's a sense of well it interferes with our sense of feeling safe or accepted you know that that inner that's all we really want isn't it to just feel um safe and if someone we Mm. care about wrongs us in that way it disrupts everything
0: yeah. And, and not just a sense of safety around that person, but also that sense of safety of not being a good judge of character. So not having spotted that that they would be someone who would be kind of unsafe.
1: And we're exposed as being vulnerable.
0: Yeah. To attack,
1: you know, albeit a psychological one um, rather than a physical one. Or maybe it could be a physical incident, couldn't it? But yeah, that it's it's. I think it's a really interesting thing that how that sort of shakes our beliefs. You mm-hmm. know that suddenly the way we thought the world was between us and this person yeah is suddenly just not true anymore, and that that can be really disconcerting and, and quite scary, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That there, you know, that that sense of 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 lack of safety that comes with having the rug pulled out from under me and you think of all of the ways we talk about those sorts of situations right I had the wool pulled over my eyes I had the rug pulled out from under me I had you know all of it is about is about being vulnerable exposing um and and about not being able to trust ourselves you know in in the sense of I allowed that person in, I thought they were a good person, they were... I thought I'm a good judge of character, and now what does that say about me? Yeah, that's
1: interesting, isn't it? So they've hurt us, mm. but many of us might view it as and um, that feeling, maybe, that it's exposed something in us, rather than just saying what well, was their fault, you know, or, or it was because of their behaviour... We're actually also including these extra elements of what that's exposed about who we are. Yeah. As a character, or too vulnerable, too you know, too easily taken advantage of, or something.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That's not where I thought this was going to go.
1: <laughs> I know neither, but it's, it's both sides of it, isn't it? Hmm. And, and I find that quite fascinating. It's the behaviour in someone else, I suppose, reflects something in us that, that has been exposed. Yeah. Ooh, wasn't expecting it to go this way. So, so sometimes obviously there's confrontation around an issue and people do communicate about it. And of course sometimes things get repaired perhaps, you know, and we don't hold on to a grudge. But then there's other times that we do. And from the work that I've done and to people I've spoken to, mm. what I'm seeing a pattern is is the grudges are held against people that may not necessarily even know that they did a wrong thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so that's really interesting. Here the person is sitting with this feeling of kind of fury or sadness or sickness. They're reliving it regularly, the how dare they, the injustice and unfairness you mentioned, Mm. and perhaps imagining having the conversation, imagining the confrontation. If I saw them again, I'd say blah, 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 but never quite getting to that point. And then, of course, you've got the other person not even knowing this is going on in some circumstances.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's um, that's such a familiar thing, right, that, that you, you know, I, you and I have talked in the past about about sort of confrontations and and the different uh start points that people that people think you know i'm, I'm just imagining that situation you're talking about right where you, you're kind of fuming about what that is, and and now when you when you see the person, you're kind of shunning them, or or they don't quite get as much of you as they used to, or being curt or whatever. And that other person thinking that this is the start point, not that it's something that they've done that's elicited this response from you, but that they're kind of going, "Huh? Well, I thought we were friends, but uh, yeah, she's 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 not she's not." She's not her. She either. She's not how she normally is, or 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 she's not as, you know, nice this, not as nice as I thought she was. There's two sides to her, and that's you know, and I don't I don't know what that's about, but, you know, and and just imagine now now you've got two people potentially holding a crutch, you know, about, about entirely di- about the same relationship but different start points, uh, we, yeah.
1: And the reluctance to to actually confront them. Oh, the cat's meowing outside. If you can hear it. Um, the reluctance to actually talk and have the conversation Mm -hmm. presumably is born out of some kind of fear of confrontation and and we don't really like confrontation do we we don't know conflict no well it deserves conflict and so then we're sitting in this tension between not wanting to have the discussion because of the conflict and also feeling like we should and inadequate for not doing it somehow and then we just that's a horrible, messy middle, isn't
0: it? It really is. And it's a conflict, right? So the very thing we think we are avoiding, we're actually kind of creating, right? Because that's in us. We are in conflict then, you know, with our with ourselves and, and with all that comes with that, right? So every time we relive it and we, we imagine what we could have done, we're flooding our bodies with adrenaline and cortisol and, and that's having an impact physiologically on us. And as you say, the other person is probably kind of going on their merry way without any understanding or knowledge even that that this is going on for us that that sense of who is who is who is this affecting and kind of the person holding the grudge
1: and that's it and uh, in the conversations that I've had and with so many situations when we find ourselves kind of feeding our own Unhappiness about a situation, who's the one that's suffering? Like, even mm. in a traffic jam, we've mm-hmm. talked about this, you know, if I sit there fuming and punching the wheel and getting all frustrated, it's not going to part the traffic, right? And yet, I'm the one that's suffering in this situation. Yeah. And I think it's such a powerful question to ask ourselves when we notice that we're feeling in that kind of distressed state about whatever it is, but particularly holding on to grudges in this instance. Who is the one suffering most in this circumstance? Yeah. Is how I'm behaving, the way I'm fueling these thoughts, is that helping? Is it actually resolving it? Is it moving to letting go? Or is it actually exacerbating and increasing my unhappiness with the whole situation? It's often, is isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a fundamental question, along with what would I like the end result here to be? What would what would I actually like to happen? You know, and rather than rather than kind of expecting the other person to be able to read my mind and know what's going on, you know, it actually is there something else I could do that would get me to where I want to be here?
1: is such an important question. So for me, that's 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 the therapist, isn't it? Going like, yeah, what would yeah. we like that outcome to be? Because um it's that solution focus um that becomes important. Because
0: mm.
1: I would say a lot of people might say, Well, I want to have it out with them. You know, that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to have it out with them, I'd like to tell them about themselves, exactly what they did to me and how they hurt me and how they wronged me. Um that that might not always be possible because sometimes it could be about someone that's not accessible anymore for whatever reason so what do we do then um or it might not be possible because we just don't really want the conflict so that's a hard one isn't
0: it it's really hard and and also those things they get in the way of actually what is what is it i would like where would i like to get to with this right which which is a position of, of peace or of moving on or of whatever that is, you know, rather than well, what I want is to have a stand up row. That's a, that's, that's the- a visceral re- Point. yes exactly the end result because there's an outcome from that and is that what you
1: want
0: <laughs> yeah and 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 that's really hard right because in that moment we're we're you know there we are with our righteous indignation and you know and and they should know how I feel and you know all of all of that stuff and we see it in in dramas and you know on the telly and in films and then and then there's, an explosion and you know people are shouting and throwing things and 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 then and then the air clears and everybody happily carries on and that bit's not like real life because because that's not you know we don't there's not a, just a scene change you
1: know yeah it's a, a bit of a simplistic way of viewing it isn't it mm, yeah but but often not through those means you know
0: no you get to peace through the big round. No, So I I do spend a lot of time with clients kind of thinking, what is what actually what is what is it you would like to achieve? What is where is it you'd like to get to with this? And then how and then we can come back to kind of how, well, how do we get there? You know, and if and often it'll be about being heard and saying your piece, but there are ways of doing it right. That 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 don't then risk the relationship if that's what you want to keep.
1: So I think that for most people and I am generalizing and maybe there are some that wouldn't agree but because it hurts you know mm-hmm. um, it, it's visceral isn't it we like yeah. a physical reaction to this when i see people talking about there's tension there's oh, there's all this actual physical stuff mm-hmm. i would say when if you really got to the nuts and bolts of it people want to let that go right they want to get rid of that stuff they don't want to feel like this anymore and it becomes much less about telling them about themselves although they may think that's the way forward it might be sometimes to actually voice it um but how we might get to a place where we can not have this stuff coursing through our body the adrenaline the cortisol that's causing these physiological reactions yeah and for me it seems very much that the physical stuff is fed by the mind, right? The way we view it, the stories we tell ourselves. Every time we relive the event, uh, we linger in the unjustness and the "how dare they" kind of. Yeah.
0: And we embroider it at that point, don't we? We really, we, we create this. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and the way we actually end up viewing it is not the way that the other person probably would tell the story either. No. um And then memories are, are, are not to be trusted either, are they? So it it can be that actually talking about it, it leads to a stalemate anyway because the other person's viewpoint is so incredibly difficult yeah i mean one of the things that i think has just struck me just because i know that both of us are fans of journaling and things like that writing it down just writing yeah. the whole thing not with the intention of even sending it doesn't need to be a letter doesn't or an email but just actually kind of getting it out of your head mhm Or talking it through with someone, I would say someone who's not going to have an opinion so much. So, you know, it might be something to take to a therapy session, for example, because you tell your friends or family, they're going to side with you. They're going to see you as also wrong. They're going to react emotionally, aren't they? They're going to go, oh, how dare they? And they're going to be with you on that, which only serves to kind of keep your fire stoked. It doesn't help when someone. you need an impartial observer to the experience that can look at it uh dispassionately really right
0: yes yeah absolutely yeah
1: actually writing it down or speaking mm-hmm. to someone completely unbiased might be a helpful
0: place it can be really helpful and you know you touched on the you know that sometimes these situations the other person isn't around anymore to to be able to to have it out you know and then that feels massively unresolved and Often in therapy, what we would say is, 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 is write that as a letter and then you can do something symbolic with it. You can burn it. You can bury it. You can shred it. You can do something that is, a, that is very much a sort of a letting go. Yeah. I've said my piece and I'm letting it go for myself. This is a gift to myself.
1: And that that is exactly where we need to, to kind of focus, isn't it? Mm. Back to the who is suffering. Yeah, I am. So who do I owe it to, to let go of this? Me. Who's going to feel better for it? I am. You know, it is, forgiveness is not about someone else. No. The ultimate aim of forgiveness is to allow myself to be free from the misery that not forgiving, um, you know, let, let, lets me out from.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and to and it's so powerful. And to also to know that forgiving doesn't necessarily mean forgetting, because it might have changed something fundamental about how we feel about that person, you know, in terms of our safety and how we want to take care of ourselves. And that's okay, too. But letting go of how we're feeling about that incident. So forgiving that, you know, that's powerful, right?
1: Yes. So you are not letting someone off the hook.
0: No. It's not
1: about condoning someone else's bad behavior. It is about allowing yourself freedom from the torment that it causes to sit with it.
0: And that allows you to think about what it is you really want from that. So there may still be consequences for the other person, for the relationship, you know, it may be that, that that you distance yourself from them or, or 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 whatever it is, okay and 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 that is a consequence of these actions, but you're not doing it from that place of activation
1: yeah and, and it, it makes me also think about another idea that we've got we should do a podcast on, which is why we don't like to have difficult conversations
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Because That's what it might take sometimes. Yes. If that's a a possibility, that not being able to to have the conversation because we're fearful of the conflict or or we're fearful of the outcome can lead to us feeling that suppression, that that restriction, Mm. because we don't know how to have the conversation. No. How to perhaps have it unemotionally... Or it's not. I don't even mean unemotionally, do I? I mean from a place of steadiness. Yeah. Swept away and end up with our lid flipping, and um, saying something or doing something we regret. But being from a place of responding strongly,
0: perhaps. But but from yeah. A, oh, it's a different podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no but I, th- I think you're right and I, I, and the way it feeds into this one is that sense of if we can forgive and that does take that you know that lid flipping that that overwhelming emotion out of it then it does allow us to have a conversation kind of on our own terms with with the what is it i would like to get out of this being kind of uppermost rather than i i just need to say my piece come what may
1: <laughs> that's right. and i i think i will mention to you about um one of my clients the other person didn't even know how upset they were with mm. the thing that they'd said so subsequently this other person's completely oblivious to it but the person that's been said to is very upset hurt a little bit angry in and they're a good friend and they want to continue to be friends with them, but they need to find a way to get over it. And the only way through that is to address it in some way. I mean, maybe they'll be able to to let it go without ever talking about it. But I think that might be quite hard, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think there are sort of stages of it, right? So there is something about the about giving or coming uh, I mean, to terms with the with the not holding the grudge, right, that allows the emotion to subside. And then you can have a conversation, which is then a whole lot calmer. And like you say, then you you don't get massively activated and say something that you regret. If what you want to do is save the relationship, you know, and I think I think that the trap we fall into in that situation is that we think that we can save the relationship by by not speaking our truth, by not addressing it in any way. And, that, and then and then we get that sense of kind of being a bit of a martyr, you know, that we've, we've had to pack it away, but we're carrying that around. And it is actually impacting on the relationship, whether or not we think it is.
1: What we resist persists, it's yeah. under the carpet, but it's bubbling away there somewhere, isn't it? And I think that, you know, you talked about stages or steps, and I think that's it. If we want to save the relationship, then we need to try and have a conversation. And it may or may not resolve, but it has to be said what needs to be said, because we won't know. We will try to prepare. We will try to predict what their their response might be. But of course, we have absolutely no way of knowing what that might be. No. We do have to go into the conversation with quite an open mind and just allow it to, to kind of happen.
0: Yeah, we can't script it. No,
1: well, we can't script it, and the, but the result of that will determine what next. So we might you know, have the intention to perhaps resolve and repair the relationship, but it also might go another way. And I think yeah. that's that's kind of important to just take it these kind of step at a time, at our own pace. But that suppression of it, that's never going to resolve it, is it? And, no. And we talk about this all the time. It or any difficult emotion, trying to just push it down and hoping it will go away doesn't doesn't solve the issue doesn't help us to work through anything at all does
0: it no 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 absolutely we need to shine a light on it and as you say that talking about it that writing it down that does help to to de-escalate it helps to take some of the emotion out of it and I think that's the point we want to get to and I think that's what we mean by the forgiving right is that is that we're not gripped by by the emotional impact of it
1: yeah and the letter writing is another zooming out yeah it's another perspective, isn't it? It's another way of being able to look at it ourselves a bit more objectively than with it just washing around inside our heads
0: yeah absolutely
1: so it, it, we you and I both agreed entirely that the kind of way through this stuff is to learn how to let go right to learn how to for it not to be this raw thing, so just a few pointers perhaps of how we might let go and mm. uh, and I feel. Um, but there's that sense of catching as always every time we're feeding and fueling you know yeah. that when we get caught in a, a loop a rabbit hole of reliving the event and allowing the physiological stuff to bubble up again that's just going to prolong yeah and put ourselves in that stretch we, we're not doing ourselves any physiological or mental favours in those psychological favours are we
0: no none at all none at all and as you say the the more frequently we can catch that the earlier we end up doing it so that so that you know it, we're not having that bubbling up of of emotion each time I think that's really important
1: and it's not a pushing away, it's mm. recognizing, oh, here's that story again. And I don't even mean story as in made up, you know, here's that event again, here's the memory, let's call it a memory arising. um Where might I put my attention elsewhere? How can I, you know, have a nice cup of tea or, you know, just draw the attention to something that's real and now again? That we can, every time we let it go, it will come back less frequently, less. Aggressively, less yeah. vividly, um, and that really so it is a practice of literally letting go of the thinking around it. Yes, because it's the mind that fuels the physiological symptoms. The physiological yes. symptoms will go away when the thoughts about it cease
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and 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 if we add to that that sort of that zooming out and that you know writing it down talking it out with someone neutral who can help us to kind of get a another perspective on it in terms of of being not so stuck in it so what is it where do we want to get to i think that you know those i think those two things together help us with movement and and you know, and then and then we go from that p- bubbling rage to 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 a, to a, an anger that flows and 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 flows away, so that you know we, which feels much more healthy.
1: Yeah, and it does lessen over time.
0: Mm.
1: That's the benefit of age, isn't it? That with all of these things, if we actively let go regularly, that um, it will lessen
0: in its grip. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so interesting. And we got through all of that without singing. Let it go. We did well. So tempted. (laughs) Thank you so much. Loved that conversation. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Lucy Woods and Adrienne Kirk. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe so you never miss an episode?